Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect. Hola, 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 hola. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. For a lazy old lump of uh, skin sack, I guess I'm doing okay. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, man. Uh, I'm uh, surviving. <laughs> well, you, what, so what is it? what would it take to have you thrive? Oh man, I don't know. Um, I guess I need to adjust my expectations of life. <laughs> well, your expectations are keeping you from thriving. I think I would really change them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's either the expectations or the results. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't change the outcomes. They're, they're, they are what they are. Okay. So. Of course you can change the outcomes. You can't change yeah, the outcomes. Okay. Are you telling me there's no such thing as... Uh, uh, being able to change the outcomes based on changing your actions, you may be right. Uh, you may be right. I think it's more complicated than our than our theories put out there. I think mm-hmm. I think there's there's luck. There there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into that. So yeah, well, I know for sure that inaction basically leads to leads to nothing, right? Yeah, I, I'm so. a, I'm the living case of that. So. <laughs> That's not true. You do a lot. I saw your post the oh, other day. I don't do hardly anything. Yeah. Not, not yet, anyway. Whenever I get to roses, whenever that happens. Yeah. Uh, is this is this going to be the running the running uh, gag of our of I our show? I guess so. Is that I'm, you're I'm never going to? My sister hadn't. It's going to be like my butt out of this house. So it, it's going to be like Cheers. You never see Norm's wife. No. Uh, Dutch never sees California. <laughs> no, I'll say it sometimes. It's just whether it's in Rose's lifetime or not. What's going on there? It's uh, I think right now what they're waiting for is the inspector. And I I had thought that they were on the list, but she kind of said something that led me to believe that after they canceled them, they had they didn't reschedule and I you know, so That sounds pretty sketchy. Did you have to? It does sketchy. It sounds sketchy, but it 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 goes against what I what I, when when you when you're doing something like this, it's already on the books. Yeah, it's a reschedule. It should never be a cancel. It should always be a reschedule because it was important enough to get on the books in the first place. It's probably important enough to continue just to, to do it at a le- later or earlier. Oh, time. you probably haven't given them the fakalaki yet. You know what the that what? is, right? The fakalaki. No, I have no idea. <laughs> so, so uh, <clears throat> in Greece, when you want really good service from your doctor, you have to give them a fakalaki, and a fakalaki is a small envelope with cash. Ah. So, <laughs> otherwise known as a bribe. <laughs> otherwise known as a blackmail. So you, that's why we had a running joke with my mom when she was in Greece is that she goes, oh, I can't get any good health care unless I provide a fakalaki. And I said, oh, fakalaki, eh? I guess a lot of things actually, uh, you know, grease the skids. Uh, fakalaki work everywhere <laughs> in greasing the skids, <laughs> no matter the, what why, culture you're in. 
Well, it, well that's, it's one of the reasons they make it illegal because it works so well. Yeah. <laughs> or at least in America, you know, you don't hear about that too much anymore, but back in the 70s, uh, right after um, Abscam, is that, am I saying that? Uh, Abscam, it's when they, they did a sting on Congress and they were pay is pay for play or something like that oh yeah that's that sounds familiar kind of familiar yeah they so it was like they they had arab they had people dressed up as arabs and they were bribing con congressmen mm -hmm. so yeah and that like i like i said used to hear about the about that all the time i am absolutely certain it still goes on oh for sure now supposedly americans it's against the law for americans to do it but to work inside a country to and compete, you you almost have to do the rules of the cult of the cult of the country's culture. And if greasing the palm is a is a cultural thing, wouldn't that be uh, an acceptable way of uh, of operating? I mean, if you're going to be multicultural, you have you your culture can't determine all other cultures. Mm -hmm. Oh well, I mean, it's never. Well, what I mean, are we going to talk about is, today? Well, it's like, but isn't it? Let's go back. So actually, no, let's let's not finish this. This is good. Grift. Okay, okay. Because I'm thinking about grift, right? Because um, there's so much grifting going on uh, everywhere. Like it's almost every it's 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 happening everywhere, right? It's just happening everywhere. It's just like people just do things for money, right? That's that's all that they're doing. I mean, no, does anybody really do do, do things out of the goodness of whatever they're trying to advance, you know, the whole, I think you're watching the wrong stuff. I, I, I think you're uh, watching the wrong stuff. No, it's like the highfalutin, uh, Oh, you know, make a dent in the universe. Yeah. But you know, no, no, make them make a lot of money out of it. It's like, you can't make a dent in the universe until you make a lot of money and then you can make a dent in the universe. Well, right? you can't. Uh, so hmm, that's a good point. I would so that, that, my dad, when my dad was alive, and he, he was like a um, a woodworker. I, I, not that he was a great woodworker, but he was a woodworker. Which means I had I would get stuff that I had no real need for. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, and I think I told you that I I flat out told him, said, "Dad, if you've not sold something of what you're giving me, I don't want it." Mm -hmm. which, which, which I had to go and explain. So it tells me that you're thinking outside of what you want to do and thinking what a customer and what a customer wants. Yeah. He was always, he's such a customer service or he got it when he's the oil field. Yeah. But he all, he knew he needed. So, so it's different when you're making your art, when you're making your craft, you have to actually think of what other people want, not what you just if you're making you know, it to, for sale, if you're just making it right. for, if you're just making it for the love of creating the art. Well, he wasn't making it for love of creating either. He was, he was, he was in oil field supply. So he knew that there was a market for what he was, what he was selling. Right. And it was a, I mean, you know, pot nipples and, and collars and, and pumps, oil field pumps and all that kind of stuff repair. Mm -hmm. All that stuff, there was a need, but when you're a craftsman, 
there is, unless you're really good, there is not a need for the ideas that you come up with. You've got to put something, utilize, utilize I mean, some, either it's artistic value or functional value. Mm-hmm. And well, it's like, it's like a, isn't it a continuum? I mean, it's kind of like, we do this in the it patent can stuff. Because you can look at it, it, something like a, so let's say, for example, you came up with a glass hammer, right? I mean, a beautiful piece of art but it's mm-hmm. not very useful, right? right? So somebody will, if someone might want to buy it as a piece of art, but they wouldn't be able, they wouldn't buy it as a, as a, as a If they're, if they're ex- expecting to take it on the railroad and drive spikes, I think they would be a little bit disappointed. Yeah. It ain't Their expectations <laughs> would be t- totally out of line and they wouldn't thrive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but as, but I mean that goes when when they're grifting. So so I I know I hear that a lot. They're making money on it. Yeah, they're basically making money in this. Yeah, you know, they're whatever they do, they make money out of, right? So it's like oh, it's like it, it's more. I think it's more prevalent in politics where they say, you know, hey, you know, you want to push this bill through, you know? What are you gonna? Fu- well. Give me the so there's lucky, the monetary right? side of that, and there's the there's the intrinsic side of that. Mm-hmm. So there's tra- the um, tangible and intangibles, I guess is the best mm-hmm. way to look at it. Because there's grit. Uh, if you go that down that route, you're you're saying there is no such thing as altruism. I'm saying that alt- altruism is highly overrated, <laughs> or it's well, highly it's highly reported, but but rare, much rarer. It than is we think. rare. It is, it is, it is a rare thing. Yeah. I mean, think about it. What we're doing right now is altruistic. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, uh, uh, if, if you're making mass millions of dollars off this podcast, I'm doing altruism and you're not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sir. We are not making a penny from this podcast. <laughs> See, so it's, for over a year, we got 50 52 hours or more than 52 hours. Yeah, more than 52 of, hours. Um, of altruistic endeavor. Yeah. And, but you see, that and, the thing is, we can do this because we have other sources of income, right? But most people just weave these other sources of income into whatever they normally do. So they won't do anything that won't make them any money. Yeah. I'm, I, now that that is closer to my dad than you than you know. He, okay. He really. Uh, dad was a dad was a trader kind of kind of. He would buy stuff and upgrade it and then sell it. Mm-hmm. So that's one. I, I think that's one grift. I don't. I grifting. I don't. I don't know that I see it as a bad thing, especially in the market. If there's a demand for your services, why aren't you? being compensated because let me let me go in that a little bit different when i was when i was a early 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 on djing everybody everybody would oh we want you to dj our party mm-hmm. okay well tommy tommy would only charge them like 50 bucks mm-hmm. 50 bucks for a four-hour party now we were not we were not doing all the legal stuff that we needed to do back then we were so we were like fly by night operator type guys Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tommy spent a ton of money on the sound system. Mm. A ton of he. I know he never. If he ever made it back, I I don't know where he made it at. Fifty bucks a night's not going to do it, right? Because um, he had records and you know all that kind of stuff to keep things going. 
but people wanted it for you know what 50 bucks practically nothing yeah yeah they want they want everything from for nothing so mm -hmm. i if, if they are not willing to pay for it why would you want to do it that there's a good reason for it all right i mean it, it's a it's yeah, there is there is there's no free lunch. I don't I don't believe there's a free lunch. So you you pay for it. I mean, we're at some sense, and I would think an economist would look at what we're doing and saying, okay, the hour that you spend with each other has benefits to both of you, or you wouldn't do it. Right. We just don't know what they are. Yeah, they're just not monetary benefits, and I'm okay with All that. Right. Obviously, I, I'm uh, fine. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm okay I'm with that. Fine. I'm just saying that a lot of people are, you know, the exact opposite. And if if you think about it. I mean, it's it's like you're going to pay me to do this thing I'm going to do anyway. So let's see if I can figure out some way of making money off of it. Is that uh, is that entrepreneurial, or is that <laughs> is that grifting? <laughs> well, give me an example. So give me an example because I I always think if the mar if there's a market for it and the market will bear bear it, then why don't you charge for it? Yeah. So. Give me an example of what you're think, what you're what you're putting grifting on. So maybe that'll uh, that'll help. You know, I guess I can't give you a good, a good example right now. That's probably why I'm still I'm, I'm like. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just so thinking about like just, lobbyists. Lobbyists. That's what that's their whole gig, right? It's like you pay me X, and I'll go and grease some palms with some fakilakia in in Washington to get your bill passed or something that's something that's prevalent to you, but that's just, you know, doing business. That's not really grifting. Well, then what is, what is, so what do you consider grifting? Cause yeah, I think so you're, you're I overly guess I'm, broad uh... on the way you think about it. So, <laughs> okay. I guess I need to refine that definition a bit then just, just ignore me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of like, uh, let's see. It's, oh, it it's says like... making money dishonestly as in a swindle. There you go. Swindling. Well, that, see, I see those as, as totally, totally different, different. It's like, I think you were closer to it when you don't do anything unless you get paid for it. I think that's closer to it than swindling. That's closer to actual get, uh, um, grifting? Because it says money, uh, dictionary says uh, money made dishonestly as in a swindle. Really? To, yeah, I to engage never, I in never swindling, swindling or cheating. The well, act of obtaining money from somebody by fraud. So this one says fraud. Hmm. Uh, swindler's fraud. Maybe I'm just per perceiving it as grifting when it's actually well, just I, doing business just in a slimy way. I think it probably <laughs> has a, I think it has a, a, a lot of different connotations. I think within a popular culture, kind of like you were saying, is I'm not going to do it unless I, unless you paid me to do it. I think mm -hmm. that's a lot closer to what, what most people would think. I wouldn't have ever thought of it as fraud. I, I, I mean, well, that's interesting because it's almost like the language has has sort of encompassed, right? It's encompassed something that's sort of criminal. Well, what happens supposedly, <laughs> and it's turned it well, into I like. Don't know. A, see, I I don't see it as criminal. I I do see that anything for a buck. I mean, that's I think that probably is a closer. Dude, uh, that's how consultants make their money. <laughs> Oh, you're a consultant. What do you do? Oh, anything for anything for money? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I totally, I totally can buy into that. There are some principal 
consultants, but I don't know a whole lot of them. I, I mean, you know, they when when they go into and they take their course and they they take their course that they're going to deliver this training or development course, whatever they're, and they adjust it to the business is a lot of the times the principal gets, gets knocked out of the way. Oh yeah. Well, but, but you have to do what your customer is looking for, right? Otherwise they're not going to pay you. Well, <laughs> see, so that's, that's the grifting side is you're mm-hmm. going to get paid to do what they want you to do. Even if you have to compromise your, principles yeah. because your principles are the ones that are going to carry you over to the next job not just this job mm-hmm. it's and and so it's a, it's a it's a conundrum inside an enigma well, this inside, is... you, know, you know that whole thing it's, so there's there's always a balancing act this is a little similar to what we were talking about before where you said that there's no there's no way to meet map supply and demand right it's impossible to map supply and demand. And that is why I remember I was bemoaning that every so many messages on the internet are just sales because people are just very, very accurate about their targeting. Well, that's part of it. A lot of this is. So that reminds me, did you ever do the exercise and go into Facebook and look at the targeting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I did. Were you surprised? Um, Not really because i know that they capture a lot of that data so i wasn't too surprised that that targeting was there well uh, I, whenever i went and looked at it at the level at first, first of all getting getting it down to the hundred thousand was really hard to do mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and just i mean so well, actually that's that's probably not true hundred thousand not too hard to do but five thousand is really hard to do yeah. And so people think when, so when you're, when you're out there and you're, and you're trying to make a living and I've been in like in West Texas all my life to think that there are 5,000 people in the United States who would buy my services is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It's a mind blowing. Nobody's, there's never been that kind of demand for me. And it's, so it's, it's reaching out, it's creating a demand or creating a market out of the demand that you provide, out of the service you provide. But this so, is this is presupposing that you can trust Facebook, though. That there are actually well, five thousand people out there. There, that's that, that's a really good point. And the only way that you can actually trust trust them is to see how the conversions work out for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. For, I've never really find found anything on the internet that didn't have like a very low conversion rate it's like two percent so two and when you think about it okay it totally makes sense out of five thousand people two percent of them are ready to buy now yeah that now the other five the you know the other four thousand of them or or forty five hundred of them may buy in the next month or you know it's it is a continuum but we tend not to we as people don't think of continual but that's at like, least not like that five thousand so two well two percent of five thousand is still a hefty number it right? is if, if you could uh it's particularly if you're doing two percent of five thousand a week or a month that's yeah. not bad yeah <clears throat> well you only need a certain number you only need a few clients to be able to keep going right and then you're you're good 
yeah, I think I think I think I read somewhere a long time ago that consulting need you need ten, mm-hmm. about ten people, and that's that's about it. Yeah, unless you you can luck out and get like a big retainer contract that lasts you for a while. Yeah, yeah, for a long time. Um, but see, but that's it, that's the ahead. other thing is that we've gotten to the point now where we have to we all rely on Facebook slash Google slash whatever as our income source, right? And this is like I was talking about last week about my my story that story shadow band or uh, or blacklisted or whatever. I mean. You can go in there and you can, let's say you're a brand making you a consultant. You're a real expert in X. You go in and you go to Facebook and Google and they go, oh, look, there's 5,000 people who want your services. So you go in and you buy a shitload of ads and you, you spend a lot of money and then you get nothing. Right. <laughs> and you're like, what's happening here? Did that message actually get to those people? Can you trust Google and Facebook to to actually deliver the message to the right people at the right time so that you're met, so you can pick up business or are they just saying that so they can grift you <laughs> your advertising revenues well so i think can you trust them i yeah. think if can you trust that they delivered the 5000 to the 5000 eyeballs that you paid for yeah. you're going to have to rely on their metrics. Mm-hmm. So at some level, they could be sketchy or they could be, uh, I don't have the resources to, to double check whether they're doing what they're, what I paid them to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are companies who do mm-hmm. um, that know how to validate. They know, they know down to the numbers when they run an ad, how many people should be popping over based on their buy. Yeah. And of course, those tools are only available to the people who have a lot of money already. Right, right. So a lot of it's like when you run an ad, do you see an uptick of your of your uh, user logs on your website? Mm-hmm. You, they should correspondingly do that, or you should see more uh, registrations to your newsletter. There are metrics, but as far that's that's your metrics. That doesn't validate Facebook's metrics of five thousand people seeing yep. that ad. Yeah, um, you get you get a you get a report of how many people saw it at what time they saw. I mean, there there's a load of metrics that you get, but I wasn't a good enough ad writer to get five thousand people out of a five thousand subject or target population. So, mm-hmm. and and when you're saying it's sales, I th- I think. I think it's more marketing than sales and, and they're, and they're, I, I can sales. I did sales. I, mm-hmm. It's taken 20 years to learn marketing. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Mm-hmm. And it changes all the time. So you're still learning. Yes. <clears throat> it's never, it never. So, and, and it's not that it changes all the time. I don't think it does. I, I think, I think the, there are so many angles to your target market, but you you don't know what they are until you run across the honeypot. When mm. you run across the honeypot, you're gonna you're gonna mine that sucker until you until you run out of until it runs out. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to ask you something that <clears throat> I don't know if we talked about this before, but we were talking about oh yeah, and you said oh we talked about forgiveness, but I don't think we actually talked about it. Okay, but that's not. Uh, let me let me talk about this other thing first. So. I think I mentioned I talked to you a social media influencer about, uh, you know, 
getting seen on the internet and stuff like that. And she mm -hmm. was saying that, you know, if you're not, if you basically don't, if you can't grab a ton of customers right away or a ton of views or followers right away, then you're doing something wrong. Like it, there, there should be, it should be like an immediate build. Like if you look at the numbers of numbers How of people, like if you're an Instagram, what does she look like? Uh, exactly. <laughs> Cause I can guarantee you, I don't believe my ugly mug could attract a lot of people. Okay, it, good. It, you are not, in agreement my, with me then. It's it, a lot I of it. Know, has to I, do. I think, yeah. I think uh, um, uh, beauty and attractiveness plays into that. Yeah. Uh, if uh, um, and if she's an influencer on Instagram, more than likely she is in the top one or two percent of the beauties of the planet. So yeah, yeah. So that's that is. And that it, and it's funny because here's somebody who's imparting advice upon other people saying, oh, you should do this or you should do that. Oh, if it doesn't jump right away, uh, it's probably something wrong with it. And I'm like, yeah, the reason why you're getting these jumps is because of the person that you are, right? You are, you are a really good looking, you know, 24 year old female. Is she a thought? What's that? Uh, thought. Uh, some people might say that. <laughs> okay, this this hottie over there. I uh, know I, I I put the I, this this hoe over there. I think is what it is. Yeah, well, it's all about. I think that's the thing with all of all of. Um, I think we were talking about this before when we were talking about the influence, right? I mean, nowadays it's all. So, like, are you visually appealing, right? If you're not visually appealing from the first second, people are going to ignore you completely. Well, that so so you just open up a a. a a whole a whole different thing okay Pat, you're talking influence which is power at mm -hmm. some level it's a, it converts into power mm -hmm. the, the power is to get is to move people to do what you are promoting that's mm -hmm. that's one one way of looking at it yep. but the ugly bastards of the world like me mm -hmm. are at some level going to get upset by these these young whippersnappers getting all the influence right that, and and in not con it, the, the, there's going to be a reaction there's got to be a reaction because these ugly bastards like me are are cannot compete in that world they yeah. can find another way yeah yeah i well, I'm, I'm i'm trying to think like um well, i'm trying to think of a really ugly like Richard the uh, Third, mm -hmm. is that the one with the humpback? Is yeah, that right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. So he was an, a really powerful man, but he was probably not anything to look at. Mm -hmm. So there, and these guys have been out there, and they've been working their ways for generations. They're not going to let these these young beauties take power away from them without reacting at some and that could be why the influencers on there is they're using them as the come on mm. you know the bait and yep. essentially you're not really an influencer more like bait mm. interesting and the, the real the real uh, power is behind the throne <laughs> right <laughs> because the influencer gets paid to influence uh, uh, it's not a leader or anything else. They influence people to buy, mm. which, which is all is a, it's a, it's a, it really is like a bait. Yeah. It's a, it's not a bait and switch or anything because you, you're not ever going to meet the influencer more than likely. Yeah. It's not that they have a convention. It's not like they, 
it's not like they have the influencers academy awards yeah. you know where you get to go meet your favorite influencer but that's that's um, isn't this just marketing marketing in the 21st century it's like you find somebody who's amassed a uh, giant following and then you just contact them and say hey can you, well, it can you promote like my, we need my to, products on your we, on your we, show i need to adjust my my belief and hire some hottie to sell my goods <laughs> Well, I tried that once. I had a, you know, my old, my old show. I actually did this for just for a lark to see what would happen. So I hired somebody off Fiverr, you know, fairly good looking woman to basically read my script. Right. So I took, because I, I, I was just doing my rant show on, on, on YouTube. Right. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do the exact same show and except I'm going to have her read it instead of me. Right. And see if yeah. I got a bump in um, in views, right, and subscribers, because you know instead of coming across me, they come across this you know attractive woman saying the same stuff, the exact same stuff, but in a, it's a different body doing it. It's a the different package, presentation. Yeah, the package is is different. Yeah, and guess what? Nothing. <laughs> it's no change. Well, for a one-time thing, I mean, you're, I mean, you're, you're throwing. So it's like you're you're fishing in the ocean. It's an experiment. Yeah. Throw some bait out there and see if anybody nibbles. So, and they so, go, oh, I see so, that guy at the end of the. I see that guy holding the fishing pole. <laughs> I don't want to. Oh, I don't yeah, want to jump yeah. on his hook. <laughs> but that, I mean, honestly, is a good experiment. Experiment. You could. That would be a pretty fun thing to do with influencers. Is is to what? open up open up a channel from scratch where they have not, where they have to. That uh, that would be an interesting thing. Yeah, well, that's another thing. You that's open uh, up the channel to, from scratch to see if they can rebuild the audience for you. Yeah, well, Stephen King apparently did that. He tried that as Peter Bachman or something like that. But the the other thing I want to try is the whole um, start um, young startup founder thing, right? So I mean, <clears throat> you and I can have great ideas, but we're completely ignored right. because we're old men. Old. Uh, so if we found if we found like a uh, I don't know seventeen year old uh, highly Zucker attractive Mark Zuckerberg uh, female found female and put her in as the founder and of course she'd also have to be uh, a person of color or something like that just to hit all the hit all the knobs all the buttons and oh she'd have to be a trans person of color uh, yeah maybe so let's just say we pick this person and we and we and we we groom them. It's like uh, supposedly what's his name did with uh, AOC, groom her to be the founder or the the face of the company, but the right. ideas are ours, right? That you know, I'm sure it would skyrocket. It would be like, oh my god, this 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 young you know entrepreneur came up with these fantastic ideas and they're so great and they get all this press and publicity and yada yada and and. That would be she, that would work. Talking about repackaging, that's I mean, what uh, that's nothing new. Uh -huh. uh, I'm sitting here thinking the old the old consultant thing is is 50 miles in a suitcase. Yeah, because there's there and I truly believe this is true. You cannot be a hero in your own home. Mm -hmm. So because they know you and you and you see this over and over and over again. The, um, um, what's his name? Um, Iglesias, uh, uh, the comic talks about how his son does not see him as being funny, mm. and this guy's hysterical. I I, I enjoy all his bits, mm -hmm. um, 
what is it? Uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Oh, so you can't be a hero in your own home, and that you can't. Right. You can't. Uh, they okay. know you at a different level than other people do, so mm -hmm. they don't see you as being anything special. Now, what you what usually happens is they get their eyes opened that there is a bigger world. So far, he's he's playing this for comedic thing. He he talks about. He goes when he goes to he goes to school. He takes his son to school, and all the all all his son's buddies come and say, "Hey, hey, hey, how you doing?" They're rocking the car, you know. Yeah. Fluffy, fluffy, fluffy. Yeah, yeah. And his son's yeah. like, "This sucks." <laughs> and he looks at him and says, "I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm more popular at your school than you than you are." <laughs> So, you know, at some at some point, the kid is going to get his eyes open that there's that that dad is has a much greater uh, ripple effect than what he's been given him credit for. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I can you see get that. this kind of stuff uh, with children all the time. It's like uh, I'm trying. Um, I know I can. If I really thought about it, I could probably come up with another example. Um, so you're saying you're right. Just, you know, you're right. If we ha just harken back to the very beginning of uh, marketing, put it in a nicer package, put the same message in a nicer package, and you're going to get it's going to get well uptake. at some point. So at some point, I have to go from the sales from the sales techniques to marketing because mm -hmm. marketing is only like a hundred years old, maybe mm -hmm. roughly. Mm -hmm. it, the way I, I mean, the way I think of it, it was sales, sales, sales. And then it became marketing mm -hmm. and I, I, the transition there would be what was, what was the, the, the spark that, that converted sales into marketing right? or, or whoever, who was the, who, which company was the one that figured out marketing mm. and I, I'm, and what, what, what would, so would it be the, the tart, the, target demographics like they suddenly realize oh women buy more of our products than men do so we need to set we need to put this in front of more women's eyes i right. would think that is basic 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 level marketing mm. right when they when they were able to start gathering data about their potential customers then they could they could pitch it differently right because advertising right. used to be was advertising a subset of marketing or was advertising where beer came from? I think advertising, from? well, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure advertising has been around for hundreds of, or thousands of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now it falls under marketing. Well, it falls under marketing because of the audience. It's, it's to expand your audience, you have to make your message grow mm -hmm. and that's not an advertising function growing your message is a marketing function right but when did so when did that transition happen was it when it was automobiles or was it samuel colt whenever he you know he he would put together his pistol and go out and give them to to um to well-known um Art, uh, not artists, um, target shooters are well-known personalities and then take feedback to start that feedback loop of refining the design. I don't know. I, I, but at some point, sales 
morphed into marketing mm. as they started because it, it it seems like as we're talking about this it's a it becomes more pragmatic to be marketing than just sales right. sales is like sales and advertising you just throw it up there spaghetti sticks and what you're trying to do is get more spaghetti on the wall than you were when you throw it up there you want more than one strand mm-hmm. and you've got to figure out how to get that to work that's not an easy thing that's yeah. really really hard work yeah yeah, and then there's, there's always the balance between what you want to provide and what the customer wants, right? You can't right. just always do what they want because then you become the same as everybody else. <laughs> well, that's where I, kind of where I was going is, oh, well, we're I, I, NASA. So NASA and CPMC, one of them's in San Francisco, one of them's in Huntsville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Totally different businesses aerospace and healthcare but people culture is pretty much the same we don't mm. do it that way here mm. and i heard that it's like if i would bring some you know why why are you butting your head up against the wall mm-hmm. you know i think i've told you that is because i thought that's what you hired me to do right <laughs> it's to butt up ahead because you're you're going to, at some level you're going to butt heads with the culture mm-hmm. and you you've got to have the 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 stamina to stand in there and try different things some things are going to work some things are not um but you still have to try them because you don't know when that's going to unlock that culture to do something different it's yep. it's it's a really really it it's a hit or miss truly you're throwing bait in a big ocean just to see what 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 fish is going to strike yeah and there's no way there's no way to make it more targeted well really. you do your best guess but i mean it's at at some level it is going to be a gamble mm. i mean there's no sure hit if there were what there wouldn't be focus groups there wouldn't be surveys and polls all this kind of stuff to find out the guys to your audience. You're- yeah. But then you, you hear about these guys hawking these info products and they're making all this money and blah, blah, blah. And is it, is it all bullshit? I mean, are they just like feeding you a line to try and get you to buy their info product? Well, so that goes into the credibility. Yeah. What is, what could easily, easily happen is that they were able to take their thing and maybe one, one to 10 people was able to generate a thousand dollars a week. We'll, we'll just do that. Mm-hmm. So that, that is something. So if you follow my thing, you have a possibility, note the wording, you yep. have a possibility of making a thousand dollars a week. There's yep. no guarantee. And then those, there's no guarantee or it's different for you or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They always, have, they always have disclaimers. <laughs> right. And if it were, if it were, if it were robust enough to, to do that, what their advertising would shift. And, and I'd see this every once in a while, I'll see that this, I got this many checks mm-hmm. this week, I, you know, and I'm starting to see that more and more. Yeah, instead of some, you could make a thousand dollars a week, they started to show the checks that you get mm-hmm. that, that they're getting that pay you know fifteen thousand dollars a week or whatever. Yeah, um, they they show you a snap of the bank account with uh, <laughs> things blanked <right>. out. 
<laughs> what's his name? Ty is it Ty Lopez? That's yeah. he he does a lot of that. A lot of a lot of where he shows the benefits of of his selling. Of course, this is once again is is he if he started from scratch, could he still do what he does yeah. now? Well, I think I think he can because he's selling selling. He's selling sales. And I think yes, I, but if he didn't have his if, so put it on a different face and take his character out of and take his brand out of it, could he start from scratch? And and I'm saying him, not his students, him only start from scratch as a complete unknown and a complete scratch website, no newsletter, no nothing, zero, and and replicate what he's done in less time than he did it. Maybe. There's no, there's no good answer to that. I know. <laughs> See, Which I means... think that I think he would because, and I, I came across this revelation a while back, is that the stuff that really sells on the internet is just stuff about selling, right? I mean, they go, oh yeah, if you have a yoga business, it'll, you can do info products on yoga, or if you have a cake business, you can do info products on cake, and they keep bringing up these examples, but I'm sure none of those examples are as amazingly or anywhere near as successful as if you were just created something to help people market or sell or grow their well, business. So, yeah. But right? at some point, don't you have to back it up? No, not necessarily because <laughs> I remember I got sucked in by one of these things and they said, Oh, you got, um, we're going to sell you the same process we use to suck you in. That's basically what the guy said to me. <laughs> not in those is, same is, words. Is this the guy, the, the 5,000, what maybe not maybe not five thousand, but you were you you were working with them and they weren't really delivering. No, no, no. this what, is a, this is something completely this is a different. totally different thing. Yeah. So I went online and I I signed up for this thing and I got a newsletter and I was reading it and then they were talking about this they're talking about this oh we can do this for your business we you know they never really revealed what they were doing, right? But they just kept talking about you know what they could do and blah 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 and eventually I was swayed and I got on the phone with the guy. And he goes, oh, yeah, what we're doing is we're selling you the process, the same process that we you took to get to this point. We're selling the same process to your customers. Well, it shows integrity. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, really? So, <laughs> but, but I'm so, not going to be able to so, sell my stuff in the same way you're selling your stuff because you're just selling sales. <laughs> If so, you're selling a marketing into that, a marketing's process or whatever. You're getting, yeah. You're you just hit you. You're almost there. Yeah. Your uh, sales and marketing funnel. Because mm-hmm. that's exactly that they're selling templates. Yeah. And if they can templatize it, that's what they're selling. Yes, and it will work perfectly for another business that's selling the same thing. They well, have a perfect template to sell marketing templates, <laughs> but they can't. Yes. They, they cannot take that template and sell other things with it. It won't work. Right. It won't work. Yeah, because the buyers are the the buyer motivations and all. And there, I mean, this is really really tricky stuff. Yeah, buyer motivations are different in different markets. Yeah, which is why, which is one of the things that I've learned uh, along the ways. When they really, when they talk to you, you got the, uh, they'll say the niche, uh, the riches are in the niches. Yeah. Yeah. The, if you don't understand that, if you, and the reason you, you've got to use the vernacular that niche uses to sell to them. Mm-hmm. 
You've, you've almost got to be a native to that particular market. Now, once you once you do that two or three times, you're going to learn the commonalities between that, and that's going to be the template. Mm-hmm. But the the vernacular and the language is going to be the customization for that for that particular niche. And, and the then, sales template is not going to change. But the other thing that they don't tell you is that the you know they say the riches are in the niche niches, but mm-hmm. the what if the niche is is poor? What if the niche has no money? <laughs> There are well, no riches in the niche, niches. It so, depends on the niche. Uh, um, so, well, think of it uh, like uh, corporate training. Well, I have an example. I'm trying to think back because it's back several years ago. So let's what say you she, sold. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, what she was selling at the, at the end of it, what she was selling is placement of your of your. Um, marketing piece in high-profile um, magazines. Yes, or that was websites. the guy. That was that was the template that I was telling you about. Right. The well, same I, same thing. I, there. I also sucked into that too. Yeah. But I did learn. I I learned a whole bunch of stuff. But along the way, there were people who suddenly realized that what they they might have something great, but the people they were selling to had no money. Mm. And you, you touched on that just a few moments ago. And then they went, so I went, so who, um, you need to just, you're not, your target market is the relatives of these people who do have money to pull them out of whatever XYZ they're doing. Mm. So you've got to adjust it to like your brother and sister, mother and father, more than likely any like blood kin right instead of the person who is uh, like the betty ford clinic is mm-hmm. is probably not going after the drug addict they're probably marketing to the, the family the, yeah the family yep so how would so you, you say so you're like consulting service x how would you market that? Like, let's say, for example, um, training departments. Training departments are pretty under underfunded, right? Always. So, if they're if training departments are underfunded, how do you sell training programs? Well, so let me let me once again, I'm pulling NASA. NASA. So, what they had was training training specialists. Mm-hmm. They very 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 seldom ever delivered training. Mm. What they did is they went and interviewed to create to figure out what training they ought to buy Mm. and i think that's probably more prevalent because you have a wider range out in the open market than you do within the five or six training specialists you've got hired right so let's see there uh, i've lost your question i'm sorry chris um (laughs) How do you, how do you, you, you cannot be successful. So it sounds like what you're saying is that you can't really be successful selling training because training departments have no money. Is that well, they have an no accurate money. statement? That is true, uh, particularly NASA because they, the, I'm not sure how they made their money. I, I know they didn't there. I'm sure there's like an overhead for the service somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it could be in the office of human capital. I don't know the mechanics of the, of the funding, what what the the thought was is that we would send the people in there and we would we would interview the people and buy what you need. Mm-hmm. 
we would not develop the course that you need, but we would find that course out in the market. So there is some flexibility to that other than having somebody like a, a, um, a Covey, Franklin Covey consultant on site. How many, I mean, how many different consultants on site would you have to have? Loads, a buttload of them. Yeah. Um, DDI and I, I don't even know what they are now. I mean, DDI is probably still around and Tony Robbins is around and, and um, uh, uh, what's his name? But they were able to pitch their products into into NASA, NASA and 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 they would buy it, right? Because they had budget. They yes, but more or less what it was like a transferred budget mm. is is the 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 organization that was getting the training would have would have to pony up the funds to provide the training. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not sure how that how all that happened. There's there's some behind the scenes stuff that I'm not aware of. Um, right. So the, the, I guess what so what should trainers do? They should they should do something completely different because if they know that training com- the training organizations within or companies don't have any money, they should sell something else. No. Well, yeah, but it, this goes back to when the problem with networking is particularly this this was a lesson I learned in when I was in Silicon Valley when about the time you and I met mm-hmm. is when you go to like um, the OD net, uh, the S- South Bay OD net and mm-hmm. you go network with them. It suddenly, it, it took me a long time to figure these are the people that are your competitors. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you networking? What, you That's need right. to be net, networking with like, um, and, and it finally taught me. It's like, I was started, I started networking with, um, project managers mm-hmm. and HR and who's the other one? Uh, other, other consultants, which is yeah. a strange thing because the consultants are so specialized that they have to have a consultant network so that they can pull in, you know, other people to yeah. service what their, what their customer needs. So I tried networking with other consultants and they were all looking at me with like, Oh, that's a thing. I guess. Yeah. Your innovation consultant. Oh, that's a thing. People pay you for that. I said, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Cause they're all, I mean, you know, the Bay area, everyone hears, everyone's highly technical, right? Oh, I'm an, en- I'm a software developer. Or I'm an engineering consultant or I, you know, I build planes or whatever. But you know, when you talk about innovation, they're like, Oh, well, isn't that something that so, you just so- have, you don't have to, you don't have a cons- You don't need to have a consultant to help you with that. <laughs> So you just hit on, or you spurred one of the things, consultant versus coach. How mm. do you see the difference? Uh, well, a consultant, no, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't see much of a difference other than typically coaches are used for more personal, uh, personal focused things. What, 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 do you, what do you see as a difference? Well, whenever I was there in 2002, every after after the bust hit, every, nearly every person I met was a coach. Mm-hmm. Nearly, uh, I I really had an antipathy towards the coaching profession. I, I'm I'm not quite nearly as down on it as I was then, but I mean, I'm a dating coach. 
I, yeah. I'm like, this is, you know, this is 2002. No, I remember. Probably. I mean, this is when we were doing, when we were doing Rise. Right. And we actually had, you know, dating coaches. I, I remember some woman was a dating coach and she was yep. talking about how she was originally doing, you know, executive marketing or something like executive, uh, executive coaching. And then she pivoted into doing dating coaching because she saw that there was a huge need there and probably she needed herself. I don't know. I mean, it's like a lot of psychiatrists are, are broken in some way. That's why they get yes, into psychiatry. Yes, they all are. You don't ever, uh, you, you, it, when you, when you figure out and psychologists are really bad about this, they, they took the psychology to fix themselves. You want yep. to find somebody who took it for the love of the subject and not for figuring out what's wrong with them. But isn't it true that everybody does that more or less? They pick whatever topics, you know, are personally, are well, personally so, focused so, on. Okay. Them. So when I went back to college uh, as a personal level, I love psychology. I mm -hmm. absolutely, I read way more. I, I, I read way more psychology books than I did communication books. Right. Uh, I, I read a lot of communication books, but I really love psychology, but I believed my weakness was in communication. Mm. And so I, I chose communication to work on a weakness. Mm. And so it, it's, that was really no different than a psychology major picking it up, picking up psychology because their weakness was interpersonal relationships. Right. You know, or or they've been married four times, and they want they want to stop. They either want to stop getting married, or want to figure out how to make marriage work. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, uh, or you ran into a lot of people who were former drug addicts or alcoholics, or you know, they were trying to figure out what was wrong with them. Mm -hmm. A lot. There were a lot of them like that. Not necessarily doing it for the love of the subject now i figured on really early on that my that i take everything too personal mm. and i knew the way i knew that if i were a clinical psychologist that that i would i would not be able to divorce myself from the troubles of the world mm. and so I, I i i made a legitimate thing and said okay i i can't do this uh, I, because I, I like problem solving and I, and I'm talking to a friend right, right, right now and I'm telling her, so I don't need to be right. I just need to help you like unlock because she's, she's locked up and helping her unlock the person she is, is what I'm there for. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like a support role. I yep. don't need, oh, oh, you're right. I don't really want to be right. I, this is not about being right. It's about being um, practical or helpful. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm trying You're to make trying it to move it forward in their lives, right? Well, is, is helpful is like the mask helps, which drives me crazy. Uh, <laughs> help? How much? How much does it actually help? Do you have numbers? It's been and proven not to help. To make no yes, difference. Yes, I know that. <laughs> I knew that a year ago. I was. Yeah. I had. I had all kinds of. Oh, but the mindset is more is better mm -hmm. is a very, very strong mindset. And, and data is not strong enough to overcome it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to wear our 133 masks. <laughs> hey, have you seen that? Have you, did you see the one where it's like a, 
there's a foot long ma- layer of mask <laughs> out the guy's nose. Yeah, it's, it's that. pretty funny. <laughs> so let's. I know we have only a couple minutes left. So yeah. it was too late to talk about forgiveness then. Uh, it is, and and as this often happens, you and I go off on a tangent that that really goes into some depth at some level. But I'd like I'd love to get a little more detail on this because remember we were talking about this last time. Uh, we were talking about the influence, right, and how how the internet's changed influence. Do you think the influence is, do you think the internet has changed that too? I mean, people are, people are way less forgiving than they've ever been because well, okay, not, so not just because the data is there out there forever. It's just that, you know, when they slammed it, and it's part of that thing I was telling you about that story, right? Where, you know, you do one wrong thing and you're never forgiven. It, it It's like the scarlet well, but, letter. Okay. So, so, but that touches on what we were saying today. May, maybe not as explicitly as I'm about to say it. I made a thousand dollars a week. I got two other people to make a thousand dollars a week. So I'm going to sell that as a five thousand dollar a month course or five thousand dollar a year course to mm-hmm. teach you how I did that. Yeah. Three people is not a robust enough number. Right. And so what they're essentially you're doing the same thing in a kind of a different in a different frame is I did one thing wrong and it's out there forever, but I did it. I did it wrong once. Meaning if you're, if you're going by behavioralism, if you did it one wrong once, you can do it wrong again. Mm. That's the, that's the whole, that, I, that, so we're, we're, while we're talking about cancel culture, probably at the heart of it is behaviorism. Right. Is if you did it wrong once, you can do it wrong again. And we don't trust you not to do it. Right. And that is exactly why <laughs> it's okay. That's that's exactly why you get shadow banned for like very few, for hardly any. Right. They don't trust. So it's so it's a trust. Oh, we're, we're going to actually have to, we may have to spend a week or two on this one. Because <laughs> there's, because you're in social, you're in social sciences now. Yeah, not the hard stuff. I mean, I mean, you're down into mindsets and mind shares and all all the stuff that has been going out there for years. Yeah, and to create influence. So, is it changed? I I think probably that what we were saying early on is beauty has changed influence. Mm. Yeah. That stays and, the same. and what I was saying, beauty's changed what influence looked like. And what I was saying is these ugly old bastards like me are going to have to some level to react to that change. Yeah. So we're going to just uh, wear a wig and call ourselves trans and be trendy again? Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I even want to touch that with a 20-foot pole. <laughs> all right sir i gotta go okay <laughs> talk to you later right. I, as always chris i love this I, I love the conversation yeah me too So thanks a lot i'll talk to you next week of course talk to you later man okay all right bye bye to be continued on the next episode of oddly incorrect